If you have a Bible with you uh, on your phone, there may be one uh, tucked away in the seat in front of you. Um, go ahead and grab that. We'll, we'll be reading today from Psalm 105. In the church Bibles, um, that's page 607. Um, I am going to read it to us and it will come up on the screen, I think. No, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it won't. Uh, so I'll be reading it to us. Ignore that last bit. Um, this is Psalm 105. And then I'll spend a little bit of time just explaining um, what the writer of this psalm means by what he's saying. Um, and so this is Psalm 105, verses 1 to 6. Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. Amen. Now, at the turn of the year, inevitably, we are offered messages from businesses, organizations, and even the people around us about how to shape the coming year for the best. And so I wonder what your advice would be. Or I wonder what advice you've heard. And here's the question. How can we make sure that in a world like ours, a world that so often seems brutal, how can we in this coming year be happier and more resilient? Now, Psalm 105 is a great psalm to help us pass from one year to another because the writer of the psalm says to us that joy and strength in a world like ours, those things are possible. A life that doesn't fall apart when the pressure is on is possible. And the Psalms are so real and authentic that they start with the assumption that in a world like ours, in the challenges of life, we will spend much of our time, energy, money, Hoping, searching, longing even for happiness and resilience. And just think about how many of our New Year's resolutions come down to us simply wanting to be happy and less weak. 
Now, we're just looking at the first six verses of Psalm 105, and in fact, we're really just focused on verses three and four that really summarize the entire psalm. And you can see that from your uh, printed um, verse, verses of the year. Um, you can put that on your fridge or where you'll see it regularly. Um, and at some point, it probably will do you a whole world of good to read the entire psalm. But we only have um, a little bit of time now, um, and these verses in particular do summarize the psalm because, because they instruct us that the happiest and most resilient life begins as we do two things. Two things. And here are the two things. Glory in his holy name and seek his face always. Happiness and resilience, the writer of the Psalms, I think, is saying, happiness and resilience for you in 2024 is possible, but not if you center your days and your life around happiness and resilience. The, the message of this psalm is that as we center our days and lives around the living God, looking to him, he will give us the kind of joy and strength that even the hardest things we will face cannot shatter. Glory in his holy name, seek his face always. And so we're going to take those things in turn, each of those things in turn. Glory in his holy name. And now to glory in something is to essentially enjoy it. And biblically, there is a sense in which what is meant here is a kind of public enjoyment. Meaning that to glory in something is to publicly express out loud your delight in the worth of a thing and you see that in verses one and two these verses give a sense of celebration and praise but the command to glory in his holy name is a command to go beyond praising what god's done what go beyond praising god's actions to the point of praising what we know of him or to put it like this, we, we praise why he acts as he does. We praise his name, his unchanging character. We praise who he is. And so to put it simply, the psalmist says, do your best, do your best to express the unrivaled height and immeasurable Density of his goodness and his beauty. Celebrate him for who he is. And so that means that happiness in a world like ours, in a life like yours, begins as your broken heart is overwhelmed by the perfection of his. The question of will you have a happy 2024 won't be answered by what you'll go through. 
but joy. Your rejoicing in 2024 will be based on who you're going through it with. And we need to be careful here not to go too far with this. The psalmist is not saying that Christians are always happy people. And in fact, because we are saved by grace and mercy, it is entirely possible in a world like ours for us to be sad, even miserable Christians. But the psalmist is saying, why would we choose that? When God is saying, come and enjoy his rejoicing. Look to the Lord and say what you see. Say what you see. Glory in his holiness name, in his holy name. Happiness to some extent is in your hands. Because as we get into the habit, the rhythm of looking to the Lord and saying what we see, though 2024 could be our worst year, it could also be our happiest. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. We glory in his holy name. And, second thing, we seek his face always. And perhaps the best way to understand this is by thinking of the opposite. Think about what it means when you see something that you can't even look at or you have to turn your face away from it. It means that whatever it is, you don't like it. You can barely stomach it. The psalmist here is using that metaphor of God's face. He's trying to get across the idea of God's frame of mind toward us. Or to be more specific, God's positive frame of mind towards us. Having God's face signals his approval, his openness, and even a desire for intimacy. And so what does it mean to seek his face? Well, the following verses do give us a clue. Verses 5 and 6. And as you just quickly scan them, I wonder if you notice that the psalmist here doesn't say, seek his face in the year ahead, do whatever you need to do to win his approval. Seek his face, do whatever you need to do to prove that you're the kind of person that God should be interested in. Brothers and sisters, no, no, no. The psalmist does not say, do something in the future. The psalmist actually says the opposite. Remember. Remember what God has done. Remember who you are even. And so seeking his face isn't about the Christian doing something significant in the future. Seeking his face is about the Christian living in the light of something significant that God has done in the past. The psalmist says, in a way, I'm paraphrasing, when your circumstances say to you that nobody cares, especially your maker, 
work out his frame of mind by remembering. Remembering his completed work for you and who you are now to him. Be reinforced by reality. Brothers and sisters, God's disposition toward you of approval, openness, the desire for intimacy is rarely the most obvious reality we experience, but it is reality. Strength in a world like ours then, in a life like yours, begins as your frame of mind is overcome by his frame of mind. Our sense of what's really going on in the world is overcome by his good news story of what's really going on in the world. And how you feel about you is overcome by how he feels about you. And if you are sad, disappointed, if you fail and you're ready to give up, look, look, look to the Lord. Glory in his holy name. Seek his face always. The psalmist seems to be saying that regardless of the circumstances of the Christian, Brothers and sisters, you have access. You have access to him. (laughs) But with him, you have access to an unlimited reserve of rejoicing and resilience. Through, if I can put it like this, through one question. And a growing understanding of its answer. And the question is, what has God done for you? And so let me bring our thoughts to a close now by telling you about a church member who did my heart good a week and a half ago. Ian Fenton and I, the other assistant minister here, we were sat with this church member. I won't tell you who they are because they they won't want the attention. But they have had something terrible happen in their life recently. An actual disaster. The kind of thing that they admitted only a few years ago before they knew Jesus would have broken them. And would have made them want to break things. And it was such a precious and encouraging conversation because they went on to say that what would have crushed them before somehow today with Jesus is still incredibly difficult and complicated, but it has not robbed them of their joy. It has not weakened their hope. And Ian and I had our jaws on the floor. We were so encouraged. We were thinking, this resilience isn't something that this church member is doing. 
This is something God has done and is doing in them. And I know there's many of you around the room who can testify to the same sense that because of God's character and his frame of mind towards us, because he did something, because he finished a work for us, because he suffered and died for us, because he rose from the grave and reigns. Because he has made us new. Spiritually, like dynamically, really made us new. Because he lives. In the words of that Christian folk song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Many of you I know are there living day by day. And so life for us, life for, the, for that church member with the challenging 2024 looking ahead, life for any Christian is, yes, a new life. A life lived in constant reference to what God has done for us in our own stories, yes, but more so in the wonder of the birth life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. It's, it, it's not our circumstances. Our joy and rejoicing, our strength and resilience in 2024 will come from him. The unshakable joy of being united to him because he is the source of our joy and strength. And so we can look back at 2023 with mixed feelings, yet rejoice. And we can look ahead to 2024 again with mixed feelings, and yet have confidence, because we look to the Lord and his strength. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we look to you and how you've so demonstrated the beauty of your character. You care for the weak, you love sinners. You redeem the broken. You restore the needy. Thank you that that's just who you are. Thank you that we see that expressed and demonstrated most clearly in the coming of our Lord Jesus and his giving up his life for his friends. Father, we we have to admit, even knowing that, we so often find ourselves looking to other things for strength and joy. Lesser, smaller, more brittle things than you. And Father, we're sorry for that. But thank you that even in our 
fickleness, our looking away from you, our faithlessness, you remain faithful in your son for our sake. You turn your face to us. And so, Father, again, we're so thankful for your care, for all that you've done for us in Jesus. And we want to be, we want to be more like you. We want to look to you more quickly and more consistently in the coming year. We praise you because you're good and your goodness will never end. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.